Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. And in this pod, we're going to be talking about why we buy as humans. Now, why do we want to know that? Well, the reason we want to know that is because we want to make better advertising. We want to be able to speak to our customer. We want to understand what's happening behind the scenes, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And the reason we want to do that is so we can drive more revenue in our business. I'm going to address this and so much more in this episode. I'll see you on the inside. Let's go. As an entrepreneur, the number one thing that I've done to level up my business is join a successful community. Now, before we jump into this episode, which is phenomenal, by the way, I want to share with you and invite you to join Direct Response Secrets Insider. What is it? Well, I'm glad you asked. You're going to get access to an ad-free version of the show every single time we put one out. You're also going to get access to the community. You're going to get access to mini courses and trainings. Oh my. And once we hit a certain level, we're going to be running a monthly mastermind. And did I mention that it's only $12 a month? You can even upcycle and spend $120 for the year and, and you're saving uh, 10% on that. So we want to see you in there. You want to meet new entrepreneurs. You want to level up. You want to grow your business. Let's go. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about why we buy. Now, this is a very loaded question and there's many facets to it. Uh, I'm in the process of writing the Direct uh, Response Secrets book. I'm breaking down a full chapter or dedicating rather a full chapter to this concept. And it is girthy. There's a lot of moving parts. I'm going to try to keep this as lean and mean for you as possible because, you know, you're you're trying to get stuff, other things done today other than just listen to this. But it may feel like at times you have a bit of a fire hose going on. Uh, I've broken the chapter down into three uh, main sections. Section number one, uh, essentially, I'm going to be talking about the psychology of of buying and kind of why we buy and, and all the principles that we need in place uh, to kind of make a sale. And then I'm going to literally give you what that looks like in the real world. So um, tangible reasons why we buy. I have 18 key factors of driving consumer purchasing decisions. Uh, and then I also have created a, a mini little framework here uh, called the consumer uh, compass framework. And essentially it, it's a process to kind of organize these and uh, apply them to uh, a series of levers inside of your business so you can grow and get more sales. So uh, let's just start with uh, like, why? Why, Zach? Why do I want to learn why somebody uh, wants to buy, like what what they want to buy for me and my business. Well, first off, this information can be used in product design uh, and development. This can be used in your marketing and your advertising, uh, the way you segment your customers, your pricing strategy, sales strategy, customer retention, uh, you name it. Like understanding why a customer is truly buying is extremely important for all aspects of your business because it allows you to kind of tailor your messaging towards them, position yourself as the expert for that purpose. And what you're going to find out as you start to kind of dive into this, people are buying from you from a wide, like a very wide, wide, uh, varied reasons. And 
looking through the data at first, you're going to like, it's going to blow you away. And when you find out why they're really buying from you, you can take that and put that in the forefront of your market and dominate that. That's your positioning and you can grow and scale your business. Now that, what does that mean in direct response? That means your ads will be more profitable. That means your emails will be more profitable. That, that means you'll have a higher conversion rate. That means all of those great things because we're able to uh, identify why somebody actually buys. So uh, just to give you like a quick little practical, like what that would look like, let's say we were selling a uh, generator, okay? So how would you use your generator? Well, most people would use it uh, in case there's a storm, uh, in case the power goes out, but let's say like the number one driver of your sales is construction, uh, construction site generation. So there's no power on, in a remote uh, construction site. They need power. So they buy your product. They go out there so they can use all their tools and, and build their project. If you didn't know that, it'd be very hard to target these individuals. And let's say they were driving 80% of your business growth. You want to know that information because then you can own that space uh, and ultimately grow and scale your business and, and dominate. So let's jump back to the beginning and kind of break down why we buy. So we need these things in place, okay? There's a handful of things that we need in place as human beings to buy. And, and number one is demand. If there's not a demand for your service or your product, you're not gonna get any sales. What is demand? Demand is the consumer's willingness and ability to pay for a product and service they desire. So these are the things that I put together that kind of make up demand. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to run through them really quick, uh, really quick rather. Sorry. I was going too fast for myself. <laughs> All right, let's go. Price, income, taste and preference, uh, ability, um, or availability rather, uh, complementary goods, marketing and advertising, consumer expectations, social trends, populations, economic con uh, conditions, seasonality, uh, quality and uh, innovation, government policies, all of these dictate demand. So if you were looking to create demand, a great way to do that is government policy. That's why you have all of these companies uh, like um, spending all that money with the government and uh, Oh, what's it called? They're lobbying them. That's what it is. They lobby the government because they know if they change a policy and then it's law and then they can wrap their business around that. That's a huge moat. So for the sake of this training, I want you to think of demand in a sense of existing demand. We're not trying to change policy necessarily. We're not uh, like waiting on mother nature to come crash and break something. We want things that are in our control, uh, demand, desire, all of these things that are already exist and we have access to. So that's how I want you to think about that. So that's demand. Now let's jump into desire. Well, desire is the emotional yearning for a product or service, often the spark that initiates the buying process. So as humans, we are always running away from pain towards pleasure. And the way I look at desire, it's like, so for example, you, well, let's go back to the generator. All right. Like I want to buy a generator just in case something happens. Power goes out. Guess what? I need a generator. Instantly. I desire that generator. I need to run out and find it, find one and buy one because I don't want to be X amount of days without power. 
That's desire. And I've kind of combined this with the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I absolutely love. And if you don't know what that is, um, go look it up. It's He's a very, very smart individual. And he's basically been able to classify our needs as humans. And so I basically taken um, our desires and I've Com, uh, combined it with that. So it, it's just a great way to explain it. Now, let me dive in and uh, you'll better understand. So starting at the very bottom of the pyramid would be uh, psychological needs. So desire for survival. Uh, the next rung up would be safety needs, uh, desire for security. Uh, the next one up is love and belonging needs. And that that would be desire for connection. Um, esteem needs, desire for recognition. Uh, we all want to be significant. So that's a huge driver for a lot of people. Um, the self-actualization need, the desire for personal growth. So when, like, for example, if I need power, that goes to survival and security. So you can kind of understand like what my desire is. Like I need power to, uh, run our refrigerators and do all of our stuff that we normally would do. Um, and we need to eat. So that goes into survival. So that's an extreme need and I need it now and I need to take action. So you can kind of look at it from your business perspective and say, what type of, uh, what is building our demand? What is, uh, the desire that's causing my prospects to reach out and, and, and want to do business with me? Uh, the next rung is belief. So, we need to have a belief that we need and want these products uh, and services. And if we don't, we're not going to buy. So I've defined belief as belief reflects the customer's uh, subjective perception of a product or services value and benefits. So we want to really understand why, like if we, if we're not going to use the product, we're probably not going to buy it. And there's these key reasons that are, that keep, that need to be in place for the belief to be there for us to actually go out and, and take the action. So regardless of, um, and I'm just going to jump back up to desire for a second, regardless of how bad I wanted a generator, if it's not going to give me power, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to need to believe that, um, that I'm going to buy it, right? Like that it's going to work and it's going to solve my problems. And then I'm just like, here, take my money. I, I don't want to think about it. And, and so these are the, the core ideas uh, to me that make up belief. So you have product utility, product quality, self-worth, um, product improvement, future utility, and product exclusivity. And, and those are the kind of the core ideas that, that make up belief. In this instance, uh, for the generator, it would be product utility. Like, I believe that this is going to fulfill and solve a problem I have. I, I need this. Okay. Now I'm, 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 I'm decided. I'm ready. I've gone to the store. I'm sitting in front of 10 generators. Uh, now I need to decide which one to pick. And that come, brings us to the next rung, which is perceived value, right? You look at, uh, perceived value essentially is the uh, customer's assessment of the product or service. And is it worth satisfy satisfying their needs and their desires, including both tangible and intangible aspects? So again, your customer is always running away from pain and towards pleasure because that's what we do as human beings. So perceived value to your customer is as follows. Quality, price, brand, reputation. Uh, features and functionality, ease of use, 
customer service, social proof, aesthetics, aesthetics of the product, aesthetics of the brand, um, the feelings that they, they get when they associate with you and how it looks and how it feels. Um, personal connection, innovation, sustainability and ethics, uh, exclusivity, uh, convenience, and emotional value. Now, in this instance, my perceived value is probably going to be a combination of quality, price, and uh, availability. Like if I, I can't get it, you know, it's, it's not going to be any use to me. I need it today. So a lot of these other things go out of the way because this is an urgent um this is an urgent need and, and I need to get it right away or my family won't be able to eat in this hypothetical scenario. <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to like the emotional buying um, and how I look at emotional buying is emotional buying occurs when a purchase decision is driven by feelings, emotions, or subjective preferences often linked to emotional needs like comfort, joy, social acceptance, etc. So here's some needs that we can run down from an emotional standpoint, joy, nostalgia, love and affection, excitement, confidence, comfort, curiosity, security, guilt, empathy, pride, and aspiration. Now, to keep with our story of this fictitious generator, because we have no power, um, right away, uh, probably confidence comes up for me. Like I, I want to be confident that the product is, is going to do it. And if I recognize a brand and it's the right price and everything's coming together and I can get it today, I'm pretty confident uh, that I want to do that security because I want to take care of my family, make sure um, that is going well, love and affection as well. We want to take care of our family members uh, and our significant others and make sure that they're safe and, and warm and they can eat and all of that stuff. Which brings us down to the next rung, which is logical buying. Now, logical buying involves rational analysis and subjective comparison of the products and services based on the features, prices, benefits, and overall value. So we're, we're in a state where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling my, probably most likely the emotional side is already happened because the desire is so there. Like I need the power. I don't care how I get more power. I just need to get that back up and running. If not, our food's going to go bad and all these different things. The logical side will definitely go out the window uh, as well in these instances. So this isn't like uh fail safe for absolutely everything, but it's all aspects that we should consider when looking at our offer, when looking at our pricing, when looking at our, our service offering to the market. Um, so local buying to me is 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 made up of products and features, prices, uh, price, quality, brand reputation, comparison, warranty, return policies, product reviews, uh, total cost of ownership. This is a huge one that nobody thinks about. Like um, we recently bought an RV and about three years ago, and there's all these hidden little costs that are associated with it, just like buying a boat or a house. There's things that we don't think about. Um, and it would be good uh, for many people before they make their buying decisions to kind of think about total cost of ownership, which is interesting. Uh, efficiency, customer service, uh, ability and access or availability, sorry, and access, uh, needs assessment, product lifespan and safety and compliance. Like these are like the, uh, and this is all happening behind the scenes, right? The logical checks that we're trying to do doesn't make sense to actually make this purchase. Now, if I am emotionally charged, 
I want to go out and I want to buy, you know, we have, let's start at the very top here. And there's, there's one more social, but it's not applicable to this story, but I'll go through it in a second. So we have demand, we have the desire, the power's out, like the demand, everything is clicking there. We're like, okay, no power. The desire to turn that power back on is there. The belief that a, a certain generator will solve that problem, I'm there. The perceived value, I have X amount of dollars I'm willing to spend, uh, usually probably more than I normally would, but everything else kind of goes out the window there. Uh, I'm emotionally charged. I want to provide for my family. I want to make sure we're all safe and we're taken care care of and we're going to be able to eat. And uh, the logical decision probably happens after I buy. And I'm like, was that a good good deal? Did that make sense? And that's where you kind of get that uh, buyer's remorse happens a lot, especially in uh, really high-end like supercars and other things like that. You get all these people, they they buy the car, they get all excited and they realize that it's not super functional and it doesn't meet all these other things and they can they can only use it a couple times uh, a month because it's not their main driver and all these different things. Uh, but you only realize that after the fact. Uh, and then that brings us down to the last one, which is social influence. I have it marked down as social influence slash social proof. And what that comes down to is uh, this occurs when the behavior of others influence uh, influences an individual's buying decision, underlying value, or benefit of a product or service. We all are comparing ourselves to other people. We're looking at what they're buying, how they're buying it, and it definitely motivates the way that we buy and purchase, especially online. Word of mouth is extremely powerful. We trust our loved ones. So here's some key components to kind of break that up. Uh, reviews, user reviews and ratings, testimonials, uh, influencer endorsement, celebrity endorsement, expert recommendation, media coverage, friends and family, case studies, uh, social media, uh, number of customers and sales, uh, number of customers or sales. Like, so I wouldn't buy the first ever generator off a company. I'd want to work with, buy a generator from a company that has sold 10,000 and they're very proven and they have great reviews and you see experts recommending them in their blogs and stuff. And maybe there's a book, a buyer's guide on generators you've seen online and it tells you that this is the best one to get and it's available and it's in the price and it allow me to secure my family and logically be grateful for everything. And it meets my desire and my demand. Uh, yeah. Okay. So and there's only three more left here. Sorry. I kind of got off on a tangent. So, uh, brand partnerships, uh, awards and certifications, uh, community and fandom. So those, and I know that's a lot of information, but essentially at a super high level, let's go over that one more time. Demand, desire, belief, emotional buying, logical buying, social influence. These are the ways that we tend to buy. Now, I want to show you 18 key factors driving consumer purchasing decisions like outside of of what happens behind the scenes. Like why do we actually buy? Like what are we actually buying and what are the reasons behind it? This is how we buy, what we just went over, and this is why we buy. So, uh, and this, again, I have 18 reasons. I'm gonna fly through this list for you. Um, and of course, this is gonna be in the book. So if you wanna read it in greater detail, there is a lot more here and it's gonna really help you identify a number of things in your business. But for time's sake, and uh, I'm just gonna fly through this for us, okay? All right, first one, 
basic needs, right? Comfort and convenience, uh, solving a problem, social status, health and well-being. We're all afraid that at some point we're going to die. So we want to buy the vitamins. We want to do the exercise. We want to do the things. Health and wellness, huge driver. Same with status. Status is massive. Think of iPhone. Think of Starbucks. Think of all these uh, these companies. Safety and security, educational learning, uh, emotional satisfaction, personal expression, aspirational reasons, social influence, quality and durability, innovation and novelty, impulse buying, ethical considerations, fear of missing out, FOMO is a huge driver. Um, it, it combines with that urgency, scarcity, um, you know, that's kind of falls back into exclusivity. But at the same time, if the product, if there's going to be an exclusive one-time event and you're not going to be there, you feel the need to like, ah, this would be a great event to go to. I don't want to miss out. Let's buy the tickets. Uh, brand loyalty and gifts. Uh, we buy the ones that we love, presents on the holiday seasons and birthdays and all these different uh, reasons to show that we know, like, and trust them and we care about them. And um, yeah, so that's why we buy gifts. So those are the 18 reasons where we're transactionally buying and reasons why we do that. Now, that's a lot of information. And you're like, well, how do I apply all that to my business, Zach? Well, here's the thing. I've created uh, something called uh, the Consumer Compass Framework. I take all that information from not only like why we buy, but how we buy and combine that into this simple little framework. There's, There's three steps, logical, emotional, and social influence. And then I'm going to tell you how you apply this to your actual business, okay? So at a high level, we have the logical, right? Like the, uh, the, the needs and desires that primarily motivate, uh, are primarily motivated rather by functionality, usefulness, and problem solving. So that would be things like our basic needs, health and wellness, safety and security, problem solving, comfort and convenience, quality and durability, education and learning. So that's logical, right? And I want to say, just kind of preface all this, I should have said this at the beginning, but we all buy differently. There's super logical buyers, there's super emotional buyers, there's um, like FOMO works for some and FOMO doesn't work for others. Like there's reasons why things do and don't work. And uh, so that's, you want to keep that in mind. Now, number two is emotion. So these are purchases driven by feelings, aspirations, and personal identity, such as modus, uh, emotional satisfaction, personal expression, uh, aspirational reasons, fear of missing out, and impulse buying. We've all stood at the checkout counter at our local uh, grocery store reading those tabloids junk but great headlines great marketing if you're interested and uh, grab a, a pack of gum on the way out that's kind of like the impulse buy uh number three social and influence or social influence rather uh, these are purchases influenced by social factors including status peer influence and ethical considerations and those would include uh, social status social influence brand and loyalty, ethical considerations, and gifts. Now, let me clear the air. I'm going to have a sip of my tea while I'm here. Let all that sink in. That's a lot of information. Now, how do we do this for our customers? Like, how do we even understand to how to implement this? And what's the point of this framework? Well, the point of this framework is that you can easily look and say, are we speaking logically? 
to the market? Are we speaking emotionally to the market? And are we speaking uh, in terms of social influence to the market? Are we leveraging reviews? Are we um, working on our brand loyalty programs? Are we um, using influencers to influence uh, our ads, our products and stuff? It's just a simple little three-step process that you can look at at a glance and say, does this make sense? Am I doing this? Or especially if you need to go back to the drawing board to understand why people are buying. And again, those reasons why people are are buying are like, we can use this information absolutely everywhere. And and I'm going to explain to you how we actually go about doing that in a second. Um, But again, just for recap purposes, product design and development, marketing and advertising, uh, customer segmentation, pricing strategy, sales strategy, and customer retention, right? Just to name a few. Now, how do we go about doing this? Well, great question. Understanding why somebody wants to buy your product involves a mix of research methods, analytical tools, and uh, direct interactions with your customers. First and foremost, number one, if you're not speaking to your customers, and this goes out to online businesses mostly, like if I know companies that do millions and have rarely talked to their customer other than through uh, customer support. Call your customers, ask them if they got the product in time, ask them how they're using it, ask them how they like it, and give them a bonus or a benefit for doing that. You're going to get so much valuable information, um, it'll, it'll absolutely blow you away. But these are some other ways to do this as well. So customer surveys, uh, user testing, giving a product out to a test group, uh, customer reviews and feedback. Um, which is great. Sales data analysis, understanding where they're coming from, um, how they're buying, how long they're spending time on site. What's the sales cycle? All of these things, uh, social listening. So monitoring social platforms. How are people talking about your brand? How are they talking about the market? What words are they using? What does that look like? Market research. Uh, a great spot for market research is to go to Amazon, look at all your competitors, look at all their negative comments. If you're doing uh, product research, that's that's gold. And copy research, gold, gold. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, market research. What did I say? Uh, customer personas, sales team feedback. So people, any any part of your business that's talking to the market, you want to be able to pick their brain. Get have a process in place for them to get that information back to you. Um, customer, uh, competitor analysis. That's the Amazon I was just telling you about and psychological profiling, really trying to understand your customer's lifestyles, interests, attitudes, values, and understanding their buying motivations. That's how you go about doing this. Okay. So, but now I, I, I have that information, right? I have I've collected the information and I've identified that people buy my generator because, um, not only when the power goes out, but there's a huge segment where uh, construction workers buy this, they bring it to site and they power all of their tools. I've learned that, great. So now I can tailor my product to help these construction workers. I can use my marketing initiatives and advertising to really speak to these individuals. I can uh, use this information to sub-segment my audience so I can speak to the, the people that use it for power outages, the people that use it for uh, camping, people that use it for um, construction, people that use it for the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, we can use it for our pricing strategies. We can use it for our sales strategies and our customer retention, right? By by bringing all these pieces together, 
uh, in our marketing, we can continually meet uh, the practical, emotional, and social needs of our customers. And uh, you can do that by uh, building brand loyalty uh, and encouraging uh, repeat business. That's the power of knowing what they buy. And I want to sum everything up with uh, one final key takeaway. So just to be clear, why we buy. We buy to fulfill a diverse range of needs and desires driven by a mix of practical considerations, emotional impulses, and social influences, always seeking the perceived value that aligns with our willingness and ability to pay. That is why we buy. That's a mouthful, but all you need to do is remember the uh, customer uh, compass and just look at it from your business standpoint. Am I logically selling to the market? Am I emotionally selling to the market? And am I using social influence to sell to the market? And you're going to be able to take that information, put that into your your product. Uh, you're going to put that into every aspect of, of your business and ultimately increase your sales. You're welcome. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I loved creating this for you. And I'm so excited about uh, getting the book out to the market and, and sharing all of these ideas because it's going to have an impact. And I'm grateful that you're here and I'll see you in the next one. Peace. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was so much fun making it for you. I get to kind of nerd out. And as you can see, I'm thinking through this as I'm speaking to you. I'm I'm discovering and connecting the dots. I'm literally right in the middle of writing a book. So uh, this stuff is all new and fresh. Uh, and uh, I've used it uh, over a 15-year career, and I'm kind of putting it all together for you nice in this episode, and uh, I'm super proud of it. If you would like me to work for your business, just let me know. I would love to have you on the show. What's, what would happen is that we could come and we could talk about why your customers buy, how to generate more leads, how to get more sales, how to grow your marketing and your advertising, how to spend $1 on ads and get $2 back. We can talk about all of these things. Uh, if you go to directresponsesecrets.substack.com, uh, just apply to be on the show. There's a, there's a button on top that says apply to be on the show. And if you're seeing, if you've got this through the newsletter, at the bottom of the newsletter, you can also apply to be on the show. It's 100% free. You get access to our audience. And uh, we actually solve real businesses, uh, real problems within your business. And we can help you scale all for free. All right, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it. And come on, jump on the show. Let's talk. It'll be fun. Cheers. Bye.